This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. By United Dairy Farmers. Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, nor-com.com, GTM Food Group, let's create great dishes together, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and by MSA Design, design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, consult, build, transform, support, CBTS.com, Kelsey Chevrolet, from our family to yours, KelseyChev.com, RNL carriers your domestic ltl and offshore shipping provider rlc.com backslash offshore today and by united dairy farmers udf now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipes the reds are on the radio now the reds hot stove league on 700 wlw the home of the reds to the Reds Hot Stove League, and uh, boy, is it good to be able to talk about some Reds baseball because there's a lot of, uh, we've been talking Reds baseball, but there's there's a lot of activity happening now. Along with Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks so much for being with us. And Tom, uh, you, you, you kind of feel it now as things start to heat up. The guys are back on the field getting ready, and uh, summer camp has begun. This is, this is finally something to be excited about. And, and along with that, Thomas, good evening, by the way. Hope you're doing all right and everybody out there. Uh, the fact that uh, the schedule has come out, uh, we know exactly no when opening day is going to be. We know who the Reds are going to be playing. We know the rest of the schedule. And so you're right, man. Uh, after all the other stuff that uh, that we've been talking about that did not, uh, you know, get you excited about anything. In fact, uh, more times than not, it seems to depress us more than uh, encourage us. <laughs> we have turned the corner, young man. No doubt, and uh, it's going to be kind of fun to dive into the schedule a little bit. Let's do that a little later on in the show. Yep. David Bell has set his rotation. That was announced today, which is very exciting, and the guys played their first inter-squad game today as well. It was a three-inning matchup, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But, uh, boy, it is good to have uh, an active member of the Reds roster on with us today, and that is super utility man Kyle Farmer, who's kind enough to take some time out of his day to join us, and he is fresh off the field. I'm here at uh, Great American Ballpark and saw him walk back into the clubhouse just moments ago, and now he's got his feet kicked up, leaned back in a chair right behind home plate, ready to go. And uh, Kyle Farmer, oh, see thanks yeah. so much for being on with us. Hey, How are you, man? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day, not too hot. It's going good. Well, it, it had to feel good to finally get back on the field. What was that feeling like today? You were part of the inter-squad game. I mean, the, the, the live competition, what was it like? It was awesome. I mean, it's, it's you know, honestly, it's great to be back around the guys in general. Um, you know, being quarantined with, you know, with not really seeing too many people. You know, the first couple of days were great getting back in the locker room and talking with guys, even though we had masks on. But the inner squad went, went awesome today. It's definitely different without any fans or um, with that crowd noise. That was kind of weird because it was just consistent, like, crowd noise going. And Joey didn't like it very much, but uh, it, was, <laughs> it was fun. It was good to compete, and um, I'm just glad to be back out here. 
Well, Joey didn't like it very much, and we may not have it on opening day. But, but shifting gears, yeah, it's not going to happen. Kyle, Kyle to, you know, to, to, I don't know if there's any way, and I know this was the first intra-squad scrimmage, uh, I mean, serious one. The last couple of days there have been some pitchers getting you know, innings in and work in and pitches in and so forth. But is there any way you can draw any sign of uh, 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 parallel uh, from a competitive standpoint um, on where guys – you know, might be with this very short, you know, summer camp 2.0, spring training 2.0, compared to where you might be leading up to a, a regular opening day and being in spring training in Arizona. Any any way to put a finger on that? Um, honestly, it's it's um, I can't really give you a parallel, but it, it's almost more competitive right now because, you know, guys in the locker room or or you know, we're kind of talking some smack, who's going to get who out, and that's making it more competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, like in Arizona, you know, you're kind of you're kind of laid back at spring training, um, not taking it too serious. But when you're in the big stadium like this, and and you got um, you know our pitching staff on the mound, which is insane. Like, I mean, if we're facing guys like this, then we should probably be raking to come <laughs> come July 24th. We got a heck of a pitching staff, so it, you yeah. know it, it's very competitive. I mean, I, I caught Bauer. Two days ago, and um, I mean, he was staring down guys. He was he was throwing all of his stuff up there, and uh, it's just fun. I mean, you get guys who are, you know, the best at their sport, the best at their job. They're going to compete against one another, and um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Sometimes it's it's almost more fun to compete against your friends too. I mean, you lock in against you know a buddy of yours, and, and you're 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 going to be a little. Your focus is going to be a little different. Not to say that the intensity isn't there when you're when you're facing other opponents, yeah. but uh, that can ramp up a little bit too and add a whole different dimension when yeah. you have internal bragging rights on the line. Oh man, you get just one. You you got one one leg up on the guy. You know, I mean, that's like. Um, I would say I think Bauer versus Cassianos, I and mean, I think they've, Bauer has faced Cassianos more than anybody he's ever faced, and it seemed like it was like the first time they had faced one another, and they were just talking smack back and forth. I mean, it was insane. I was like, good Lord. Hey, Kyle, I'm kind of curious. With all the different positions you play and now coming in here and there's going to be expanded rosters, and, and, and because of expanded rosters, there might be some guys that, that are similar to you that are – able to play this position or that position. Where are you finding yourself here in recent days, last week and a half, and maybe in the next week and a half? Are you spending more time at any one spot than any other or just trying to work on all up right now? Um, I usually, I mean, I usually like to keep my options open. I think that's my, my role. But I've been focusing more on shortstop right now, um, you know, playing some more shortstop, getting sure. back in the hang of things. I mean, that's my home. I love That's my favorite position among all positions. Um, that's, you know, I, 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 I tell everybody this, um, you know, like Tucker, he probably grew up wanting to play in the big leagues as a catcher. I grew up wanting to play in the big leagues as a shortstop. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like Derek Jeter. I wanted to be like Raphael for call, Jeff Blauser, all those guys, you know? And so, um, but I'm mainly focusing on that, but honestly, I'll play anywhere. I, I love all positions. It keeps, it makes it fun for me. You, you talked about catching Trevor Bauer uh, a couple days ago. Have you had a chance to catch pretty much all five, six starters at this point, and has anything really impressed you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I haven't caught all the starters in summer camp, but in spring training I did. Um, but Bauer, um, 
I think Bauer has impressed me the most from what I've seen, from little I've caught, because he's just he knows what he wants to do on the mound. I mean, as do all the pitchers, but he's very competitive, very in the now. And but that's all of our pitchers. Like Sonny, I mean, Sonny's going to go out there and compete his butt off. And no matter if he has his best stuff, if he has his worst stuff that day, you know, he's going to come out. He's going to get some outs for us. Um, but I think uh, Bowers, Bowers stuff is looking really nasty right now, and uh, it, it's it's fun to watch him pitch. Kyle, I know you haven't been around here long uh, since coming over in the trade from the Dodgers, but I, I, I'm curious. I, I know everybody was talking about this in spring training, about this being a team that was ready to contend. Uh, you break up uh, for a while, and, and, and then baseball shuts down for a while, and now everybody's back. Um, do you sense even a, a heightened sense of urgency, not just because of the 60-game schedule, but that, Hey man, you know this team is. We really believe we are a bona fide playoff World Series contending team. Yeah, um, I think it's pushed it even more coming to a sixty games yeah. because we know we can do it for sure. But um, you have guys like a Mustakis or Cassianos who came in and they have the mentality of wanting to win. Like Moose has won a World Series and uh, he knows what it takes and. Especially in practice, you know, we have a different urgency now with with our our staff, our coaching staff. They're they're pushing us even harder than usual, which is great. And you know, you hear Joey like today. Uh, we were practicing the extra innings of the run on second base, our last inning, and I was on second base, and Joey worked the walk, and Suarez was hitting, and you could hear Joey really like getting him pumped up, like let's go, Gina. You know, he just Joey mm-hmm. really wants it. You could just tell. I mean, we were in an inner squad, and he was, you know, really getting him going. Um, but there's no reason why we shouldn't be contenders in this division and for the World Series and for the playoffs, honestly. I mean, we've got all the pieces. And I think, honestly, with this 60 game, it's all about your pitching staff and yeah. how you work the pitching staff. And, I mean, our pitching staff is up with the top, with if the top, if not close to the top, yeah. you know. I mean, it's, it's, that's what's going to carry us. Around those Dodgers teams, a part of those Dodgers teams that went to the World Series in, in 17 and 18, w- when you're looking at this group and you talked about some of the leadership and the veterans on this team, do you see some parallels to, to those mm-hmm. teams and, and what it takes to win? I do. I think um, a great team starts with the, the locker room and the camaraderie. camaraderie I don't know. I don't know how to say that word. Camaraderie. <laughs> um, Neither does Tommy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you're in good company, don't worry. Um, yeah, but I think it all starts in the locker room and caring about one another, and I think everybody and, and getting along. I think that's what, what the one number one thing is. And then the second thing is is coming out and making sure that you're making your most of your opportunities that are given to you in the three hours of the game. Like when I was with the Dodgers, we were going to the World Series. It, we were locked, We were so locked in. It was like – it was like Barry Bonds on his home run race, or like the Mark yeah. McGuire, Sammy Sosa. You know, like when Mark McGuire was hitting those home runs, they weren't even in contention for the playoffs, but he was so locked in because he wanted to get it done. That's what those teams have to do. And I think bringing a moose like that who's been there, I think that uh, he, he's, he, he parallels great to like a Justin Turner or somebody like that who uh, leadership-wise, that's what I would say. Kyle Farmer is our guest on the Reds Hot Stove League. Kyle, you got time to stick around for a few more minutes? Of course, love to. All right, sounds good. We'll continue our chat with Kyle Farmer here on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. 
Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF with Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thrall and our guest is Kyle Farmer and we continue our conversation now with Kyle and uh, you talked about the clubhouse and the culture uh, last segment but take us through what it's like in there right now with everybody being back together. That's got to be kind of exciting and you touched on that but with the whole social distancing and the guidelines that are in place, the mask wearing, what's it feel like in there right now? Does it feel like a normal clubhouse or does it feel a little different? Um, it, it does not feel like a normal clubhouse, honestly. Um, I mean, everybody's wearing their mask inside, which we have to do, which everybody should be doing. And um, I think that, um, I mean, it's, it's hard not going up and giving someone a hug, saying, hey, getting close to them and talking, but I mean, the jokes are still the same. Guys are still the same. Um, still a good locker room feel and good vibes, but it's just different knowing that you can't, like, do the things you used to do in a locker room, if that makes sense. Kyle, I know you talked about catching Bauer the other day, and I think we all universally agree that when it comes to, to many, many aspects of preparation, whether it be during the offseason or a game and even him talking about uh, immediately realizing he needed to change his training because of uh, because of it being a shortened season. So let's take him out of the mix for a minute, if you don't mind. Everybody sure. else, where, where, where would you suspect we're going to be, just from a fan perspective, and, and the game start in a week and a half, where do you think we're going to be from a fan perspective of, of what realistically you're able to get out of starting pitchers once we get underway? I mean, you think four innings, you think five. I mean, well, what do you think if you, had to, if you had to guess? I think that with this new DH, I think pitchers will go longer than usual, honestly. I think, yeah. um, like, Bowers, you should throw in 130 pitches. Sorry, I know you said it's about Bauer. Uh, um, but Sonny Sun, <laughs> uh, can go long. I think it because, you know, NL, you're always making a double switch for runners on second yeah. base, you know, in like a fifth inning kind of situation, tight ball game. Um, and that affects, like, even with a pitcher, a pitcher like with 80 pitches, but you got to have that run. You know, that's, that's a tough situation. But I think mm-hmm. with how good our pitching staff is, I think that pitchers will go longer than usual. And, or, or if they're getting hit, then we'll pull them and bring somebody else in. But I think you have, with the back end, like a stroke or uh, Michael Lorenzen and, and Iggy, I think that we have the opportunity to come out in, like, the six or seven, you know, and you have those guys on the back end of your bullpen. And, um, that that are lights out, honestly, in a mirror. Uh, I, I guess to kind of to build off that question from Tom, uh, do, do you do you feel like at this point and at this point in camp, guys are ready to go deep into games as they would in a month, or you know, is it going to take guys a little yeah. while to build up to that based on where they're at? I now? think uh, you know it's kind of funny. I think that you know in spring training in in February and March usually it's the hitters that are ready before the pitchers. But now I believe that the pitchers are ready before the hitters because pitchers have been throwing bullpens ever since. Mm-hmm. They've been building up. They've been throwing 90-pitch bullpens or 70 or 80-pitch bullpens in, the, in, I guess, the so-called offseason um, where they would normally not do that in the winter. You know, like they, they knew a season was coming, so they had to be on top of it where we are seeing pitchers for the first time in three months. And so that's, it's, kind of, it's kind of flipped. But I think pitchers, to answer your question, I think that pitchers are ready to go that deep. I think they just have to get used to this heat out here. That's the biggest thing. Well, picking that up from a, from an offensive standpoint then, Kyle, what's it been like for you and the other guys if the pitchers are slightly ahead? Uh, I guess I would ask you, compared to a spring training or late in spring training, 
Uh, how far behind are you, do you think, in pitchers right now? Um, so I think for, a, for your average hitter in the normal spring training, around 25 to 30 at-bats maybe, you start feeling pretty, pretty good. Um, maybe less, maybe like 15 to 20. But like for me, I feel comfortable with like 15 to 20 at-bats in mm-hmm. spring training. I'm ready to go. Some guys are different. But um, I think that we're not too far behind. I mean, guys are hitting, hitting great off pitchers today. Um, the pitchers look nasty too. So I mean, but like again, we're facing some top, top, top pitchers in the MLB right now on our staff. So it's only going to make us better. Uh, talk about you talked about the pitcher staying in shape and, and staying tuned up, ready to go for a season when when you get restarted. Now that we're getting to that point, what what did you do? What was this time like for you? And and how did you try to stay sharp? Um, I stayed sharp in my fishing game. I uh, <laughs> I was I'm an all pro fisherman now, man. I'll tell you, um, all star. No, I I um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have some weights around the house. And then there was a gym in Atlanta that stayed open for me. That they gave me a key I can go in by myself and work out. So I was very fortunate enough to do that. And I spent time down in Valdosta, where my wife's from, and they have a nice gym down there. I'd run, lost some weight, which was good. I wanted to play some shorts. So I tried to lose some weight. Um, but also, towards the end of this quarantine, uh, we had pitchers. Atlanta's like a, a big-time hub for, for baseball players, and so we had like Tanner Roark, David Hale, um, guys like that out there throwing live VP. So we were actually watching. We were getting some live at-bats off of uh, some guys, and Tyler Stevenson was out there catching as well. So, um, we, you know, it's cool to find out what guys will do to get ready, and, uh, and uh, it was just – it's fun. It was fun at the time, but, you know, it's time to go now. Well, Kyle, before we let you get rolling, I'm just curious, because you brought this up, and this is something I've long argued that baseball does not do enough of compared to basketball and football, and that is to create competitive, real-life game situations. The spring training is just a bunch of guys, you know, hitting out in the, in the cage, and, and there's not enough true competitive stuff going on like a real-life game. Do you suspect – the next week and a half is going to be that, you know, times four for the Reds in preparation for opening day to get off to a fast start. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I agree with you completely on what, what on your statement, and I think that guys. I mean, guys know what's on, what guys know what's on the line, and um, I think that the competitiveness is just going to go, you know, go out the roof with us. But you know, I, I read a tweet the other day. I think it was Kyle Bodie, I think, tweeted it out, one of our the driveline mm-hmm. guys for us. And uh, he was saying how guys should throw their bullpens with, with hitters in there like a yes, live. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt and about I, it. And I completely agree with that. That would help me out tremendously. And I think I don't know why they don't do that. Maybe not get – I don't want to get a line drive, hit back at them or something. But uh, other than that, I think that that would help out hitters so much. I think you, I think guys are seeing that now. You know, we're getting these live at-bats yep. more so than we usually would in spring training, and I think it's helping us, helping us yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really believe this is going to change the way baseball looks, the way they prepare for seasons moving forward. You can say it's different with a 60-game schedule than a 162-game schedule, but, man, if you're playing like it's a real game, it can only benefit, sure. I would think, any player. I agree, but there's also uh, comes a point in time, you know, where guys don't want to burn out because it is a hard sure. 62 games. 
So you got to know when you, what, what your yeah. fine line is. Well, Kyle, thanks so much. Always fun to chat with you. Ready to uh, see you in action and get these games going. Thanks so much for the time. Let's do it. Can't wait. Thanks, thanks for having me. That is Kyle Farmer joining us today on the Reds Hot Stove. We've got a chance to take your phone calls. 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Also, pound 700 for AT&T customers. Get your calls ready. Tom and I will continue with the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. We continue next on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF with Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thrall, and you can be a part of the show. All you have to do is pick up the phone, dial 513-749-7000, pound 700 for AT&T customers, or you can dial 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. Fans can receive a free Glenn Braggs bobblehead with regular price admission to the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Dinsmore on Saturdays and Sundays in the month of July. While supplies last, plan your visit at redsmuseum.org. Tom, big day today. David Bell announcing that Sonny Gray will be the opening day starter and then announced the rest of the rotation. Uh, Luis Castillo will go second, Trevor Bauer third, then Wade Miley and Anthony DeSclafani. Anything about that surprise you, really? No, not one single bit. You? Yeah, no, not at all. I, I think there are a lot of people, I feel like, that thought that because he started last year that Luis Castillo would get the nod. But I really like the idea of having a veteran guy at the top of the rotation, especially with the expectations that are on this team, the need to get off to a fast start. And by no means am I saying that I don't think Luis Castillo would be capable of it. But but when you are a team that is expected to go deep uh, and is expected to make a run, I always think that if you can have the most experience at the top of your rotation, the better off you are. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I, I generally in the past, if all things were equal, have felt like uh, I always lean towards giving it to, you know, uh, a quote-unquote organization guy who's been with you from the beginning, but not a single one of those guys would fit that bill. So if you just went last year on who had a better year, they both had really good years. But Sonny Gray had a better year, and he earned the right to be the opening day starter. Good for him. The only interesting thing is, and it may not add up to a hill of beans, may mean absolutely nothing, but somebody will bring it up sooner or later, is that you're starting against an American League team, and you are having two pitchers pitch against those teams. Yes, faces have changed since they both left, but you have two guys that have primarily spent their entire careers, almost exclusively their entire careers, in the American League. And so, you know, pretty safe to say, that most of those guys have seen a lot more of Trevor Bauer and Sonny Gray than they have Luis Castillo. I'm not sure if Castillo's ever pitched against the Tigers. He probably has, but it just seems like forever since the Reds played the American League Central. Do you think that works to the pitcher's advantage? Or is that uh, you know, I don't advantage? know. I don't know. I mean, right. look, the bottom line is, is that if Castellanos, and you heard Kyle Farmer say it a minute ago, Trevor Bauer has faced Nick Castellanos more than any other player in his career. And it makes perfect sense why he would. They're both in the same division in the American League where you play 18, 19 right. times a year. And then they both played in the National League Central once both came over last year. So, you know, I don't know who's the advantage to. It probably just goes by the numbers. I mean, you know, some guys own guys in some form or fashion. And, and who, I mean, you know, Castellanos yesterday, perfect example. Bauer got him out if I, if I you know, understood the way that 
the, the, the intra-squad scrimmage worked a little bit yesterday for the final out. Then he wanted to face him one more pitch, and the next pitch, Cassiano sits one nine miles in the seat. So who knows? It, it will be very interesting to keep an eye on that. Certainly something worth watching. Uh, and Sonny Gray talked about it today, spoke with the media about being ready to accept the challenge in these rather unique circumstances, but feels like he's ready to go. When you look back on this in 20 or 30 years, you're going to say, man, do you remember? everyone's going to remember 2020. It's going to be one of those places that you're just going to remember. So I think to, to, to start opening day in, in a season like this in 2020 is going to be something that will be remembered for a long time. Uh, and and I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge. I haven't thought about the moment itself, but it's, it's a challenge, but it's an exciting challenge that, that I think I'm ready for, to be honest. Uh, actually, I know I'm ready for. And he went on to talk about the fact that, you know, everybody in that rotation pretty much prepared to, to be ready to go in case mm-hmm. they were the guy that was called. And part of that just continues to feel uh, fuel what is a very healthy internal competition. We're extremely competitive within our staff. I mean, uh, and this isn't, this isn't a thing that's saying like, oh, this guy is better than this guy is better than this guy because I think in order for us to be the best that, that we're going to be as a team and us as a staff to be the best that we're going to be, like we, we were talking about in, I guess, what, spring training 1.0 or whatever you want to call it, um, if this is 2.0, we were talking about how we're all in this thing together. Like this is something that that we're tackling head on as a group and as a unit. Pretty much in line with what Kyle Farmer was yeah. saying too about that internal competition. That 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 gets you excited. Well, it does. And you know, a lot of people will 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 harken back that are old enough to remember, and that's most of the people that are watching baseball these days. Is you know, compare uh, regularly. Reading when, when, when Glavin and Maddox and Smolton, by no means am I comparing this staff to that staff because those are three Hall of Fame guys, okay? Maybe all three of these guys go to the Hall of Fame one day, maybe not. But those guys used to talk all the time, even once you got down to the fourth starter. And that was a rotating spot for many, many years for the Atlanta Braves. We had Kent Merker was in that mix. Jason Schmidt was in that mix. Marquis was in that. There were a bunch of different guys that filled that fourth and fifth uh, starting rotation uh, spots for the Braves, but they talked about that competition, man, where, where you know, the one day, um, you know, the, the Glavin goes out and throws seven innings, three hits, one run. Maddox comes back the next day, wants to be even better. Smoltz comes back the next day, and he's like, I got to be better. And, and that's what you want. And, and, and for the first time in a long time, uh, for, a, for a franchise that has been primarily an offensive-minded franchise, when you think of the Reds, most of their greatest players have been position players and not pitchers. And now for the first time, and that group in, 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 in 2012 uh, bordered on this because you know, Cueto and Latos and those guys were really good. But this group has a chance to be really, really good. And it's exciting to have those five guys, along with Tyler Malley as, as a wild card in the whole deal, uh, pitching for you every five days. And he gives you that luxury if somebody's got to bounce early, if they're getting in trouble. He's, he's ready to go. Yep. So yep. It, it is certainly good to have the depth. David Bell talked about that. We'll get to his comments coming up next. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network.
to continue on the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall, and we're taking your phone calls. 513-749-7000, pound 700 for AT&T customers, or you can dial 1-800, the big one. And uh, we've got Ron on his cell calling in. What's up, Ron? Well, thanks for having me on. It's great to hear baseball back. Uh, take a, the, This country needs uh, something to take its mind off all the political jargon that's going on out there. Uh, I was just wondering a, a question here. I know the rousters are going to be, uh, they're going to up the rousters, but how are they going to fill a void if someone is injured, and is there a possibility they'll still have trades during this season? Yep, thanks for the phone call, Ron. Uh, yeah, well, the, the, and, and Tom, you can add to this. They've got the 30-man the expanded rosters. They'll have a few guys on the taxi squad that they can activate that will travel with the team that they can activate right away if need be. And they've got 60 guys overall. Instead of a 40-man roster, you've got a 60-man roster, and, and those other guys will be uh, still working out. They will be at the Prasco facility, the other facility the Reds are using. So if something happens and they need to call upon some extra guys, they'll have them uh, at their disposal. Trades are still an option, and free agent signings are still available as well. Yeah, they've backed up because of obviously the season starting late. They have really backed up um, You know how late you can make a trade. Uh, it's no longer at the end of July like it used to be. It's been backed up further. Uh, where you can make deals. And the other part about the roster thing, and I, and I know, Tommy, you touched on this much earlier in the show, but to answer Ron's question directly is you'll start the season with that 30-man roster, but as we get further along to different dates in the year, that game-active roster starts to reduce. Uh, so we ultimately get down to uh, less than 30 as guys round themselves into shape, pitchers start going deeper into games, more pitches thrown, innings pitched, et cetera. So that'll be a rotating kind of deal. I, I, I really think the roster maneuvering is going to be so interesting um, once the Reds have to make a determination on their final 30 players. Because there are certain players that, that bring skill set, everything down to uh, what Kyle talked about earlier working on uh, that extra inning rule. Now, you're not going to keep a guy just for that rule, but it might be also a guy who runs well, uh, who can butt well, depending on what you choose to do, should you get to extra innings, that can play really good defense late in the game, outfield defense, infield defense. I think there are going to be some surprise people uh, once the Reds announce this 30-man roster. Uh, and the guy, I'll be honest with you, Tommy, the guy that, 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 that when I walk around town and I'm bouncing around and I live here and I'm here all the time like you are, you know, the one guy everybody keeps asking me about all the time because he was sent to Prasco, and I know the Reds have said that doesn't matter, but it's Aristides Aquino. What is his right. future with the Reds? And, and that's a guy that most people ask me about. They say, you mean to tell me there's a DH and this guy might not be on the right? I don't know if he's going to be on it or not. But just the fact that he's not a great American ballpark, I think for a lot of people, it said, whoa, what's going on here? You agree? I, I completely agree. That, that was one of the first things I noticed when I looked over the rosters. Because it was, in, in the, you know, the, David Bell has talked about it. We've heard Nick Crawl and Dick Williams yep. talk about it. That, that That's not necessarily a breakdown of these are our 30 guys and, and these are our 30 reserves. But... You know, it, it certainly looks that way on paper when you just look at the two groups. So um, that 
they have all said that there's still a very likely possibility that, that somebody from that Prasco group will make the Reds' opening day roster. But he was the name that stood out to me. The dark horse that I look at when you look at this roster coming together is a guy like Mark Payton, a Rule 5 guy. The yep. guy can flat out fly around the yep. bases. And like you talked about, you're able to carry some luxury guys that you might not ordinarily be able to carry. And, and I was encouraged that they weren't just automatically going to carry extra pitchers because that mm-hmm. has a tendency to water down your pitching staff. And, and, and now all of a sudden maybe you're using guys that, that, that aren't necessarily frontline guys in all likelihood in your bullpen, but it sounds like they've got a bullpen that they will probably like. But I think it's a strong unit. So uh, I, I like the fact that the, they're talking about using guys a, as specialty guys uh, to fill those extra spots, you know, like like you talked about, speed, bunting, different things. So appreciate the phone call, Ron. We've got to get to one more break, and uh, then we'll wrap up the show. Coming up, the Reds team shop at Great American Ballpark has reopened to the public with new protocols to keep shoppers safe. Store hours are Wednesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Please note that face coverings or masks are mandatory. The Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF, wraps up on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. The Reds Community Fund is running the first of two split-the-pot jackpots to benefit the Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio. One lucky fan will win 50% of the net proceeds from each jackpot. Tickets are available at reds5050.com. Must be 18 or older and in the state of Ohio to purchase. Uh, We're talking about the rotation. We talked about the depth. David Bell talked about the depth as well, even with Tyler Malley not being in the mix. That tells tells the story right there, you know, when you have Luis Castillo and um, Trevor Bauer and and Wade Miley and Anthony Descafani who made great strides last year. I mean, none of those those guys are the opening day starter. It says a lot. It really does. And, and, And the fact that Tyler Malley isn't in the, the uh, you know, as of today, he's not in the rotation. And uh, it, it's, that, that tells you we're in a good spot. Certainly the case. The Reds feel good about the rotation as well they should. And you talked about it earlier, Tom. It's a strength of this team. And when you look at the schedule, we've talked about getting off to a fast start. The rotation certainly would be conducive to that. And so would the schedule when you've got six of your first ten games against the Detroit Tigers. They figure to be a little better this year, but still uh, it sounds like they're still a long ways away from being a contender. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, but, but, you know, you got to go out and do it, Tommy. I mean, we've seen it a thousand times. It doesn't matter what the sport. You know, you don't, it's an old cliche, but it's so true, man. You don't play the games on paper. And I still maintain that the, the, the number one pressure spot on this Reds team, and, and I give him all the credit in the world because the guy will never back down from it, and he says he's up to the challenge. But for me, Trevor Bauer is the swing guy for this Reds team this season. If he pitches like the guy that did in 2018, this team can go to the World Series. There's no doubt in my mind they can do it. If he pitches like he did after he came to the Reds last year, be a little different ballgame. And I yeah. think he's going to no, be the I, power I, we saw in 18. Well, and, and when you look at what he looked like, and I, again, Trust me, I, I get it. Uh, you can't make too much out of spring training. You can't make anything out of the results. But you can look at the way a guy is pitching. And yep. I, I, there was nobody that impressed me more uh, with his stuff 
Uh, just the way he was uh, attacking hit. I mean, from a stuff standpoint, I mean, he looked he looked better uh, in his limited sample in spring training. I feel like than we saw him at any point last year. So if that's an indication of the Trevor yeah, Bauer good, we're going good. to see this year, feel pretty good. Feel good, pretty good absolutely, absolutely. You take your chances with Bauer because nobody's going to be more ready. No question about that. Uh, it's it's going to look a lot different with the schedule the way it is, unbalanced against the uh, American League Central as well. Uh, just a handful of games against the White Sox, three. Uh, you play the Royals four times. That's another thing that you figure could be a benefit to the schedule also. Uh, and then you've got the Indians in there as well. And then finish up with three against the Twins, who figured to be a four. Really well, good. that's all the time we have. Tom, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Enjoyed it. We've only got one show left. I know. Right. See you, big boy. See a great American ball. Absolutely. For Matt Steinman, Tom Brenneman, also big thanks to Kyle Farmer. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for listening. This has been the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.